0: Welcome to the Beautiful Step Podcast, where we run, stomp, tiptoe, and
1: tango into the confusing, but beautiful, world of togetherness. We are your hosts, Chris and Charity. Now, let's go make our together even Even better. I fell in love with you the first moment I ever saw you. Yeah. No, No question. But... Then I proceeded, I think, to be scared of you for like 15 years, 20 years. (laughs) And still sometimes. I totally believe that. I know. Sometimes, um, you know, it kind of flashes in and out of being sort of scared of you.
0: Now, what do you mean by that?
1: Well, it's, I think it's a complicated sort of fear. And I've heard guys talk about this too, where um, jokingly, you know, scared of their wives or whatever. But I think it's complicated in that there was a fear of sort of letting you down, sure. and then there was just a fear of like I, maybe judgment or a fear of um I don't know if it was you know uh, being found out for who I really was or um I don't know it was it seemed like I had a very motivating Fear of you.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I understand the judgment piece of what you're saying because I was a very judgmental person. And you kind of walked into a marriage with a person who had a lot of standards for moral things, like moral decisions. I had a lot of preconceived ideas of what was right and wrong Mm -hmm. going in. So yeah, you know, the judgment thing, I think that's really valid. But I do think there's a phenomenon that I see a lot. And it kind of plays to this, like, when you say, like, guys say, you know, they're scared of their wives or whatever. Right. And it's this weird dynamic that happens in marriages often, where it seems like the wife ends up playing the mother role.
1: Yeah, no, that's a. I mean, I think that's so common. It's so common that it's a meme, right? You know, uh, you know, uh, you often hear a woman's being like, you know, I'm not going to be your mother. I'm not going to mother you. But I think what happened along the way for me is somehow, like I feared my mom. Maybe it was an authority thing. Mm-hmm. Maybe it was a Um, I don't know, fear of not being good enough or approval or disapproval, those those types of psychological constructs in your mind. You know, I was looking at you for so many of those things. So, to be, um, I guess off of that or have you look at me in any other way than I needed you to, Mm -hmm. I think definitely brought fear, it brought a fear. Of And I categorize it as fear of you, right? Because here's the thing. Here's the reason why I think that guys need a mom. Young young guys going into marriage don't really admit it, but they want to be mothered often. Maybe yeah. not every guy, but oftentimes. And I mean, I think there's many reasons why.
0: Yeah, I'm curious as well, to why you think that Yeah, is. so
1: like one of them, I know that I was personally looking for like dependence or interdependence, right? More than I was autonomy. Like I had lived such a childhood of you know, natural growth rather than concerted cultivation and and I lived such a um autonomy was so highly messaged and characterized in my upbringing that I felt the need to be independent at a really early age. Right. Sure. And so going into marriage, I think I was looking way more for, um, the stability of interdependence and the sort of grounding of family. Mm. And, you know, and, and so I had this, um, I needed sort of a reason to like grow up. And I think, Guys, I don't know if it's guys in general, probably, I would say, at least a lot of the guys I know, my age, 50, maybe one of the reasons why they needed to be mothered early on in their marriages is because they felt so out of control Wow! that they were like, I need not only someone telling me some rules here, Mm. but I also need a reason to sort of stop doing what I'm doing.
0: Yeah, I hear that. You know, I, I've heard that we've raised three sons. Mm-hmm. Um, And actually, we've raised other foster kids that grew up in our home and, sure. you know, aged out. And of those boys, I would hear that mantra pretty regularly like that feeling of like when you're a male entering into adulthood, there is a concern. And then I really, it seems to occur really quickly. It's like, okay, I'm going to go, you know, do all the crazy shit. And then, It comes pretty quickly after that on the heels of like, I really want to settle down and like, Mm -hmm. I'm kind of tired of this and I really don't want to keep doing this. Um, That seems to happen pretty quickly. At least it has for our sons. Right. Um, I don't hear them voice like I want a mother figure, but I do know that it is something that they're thinking about because they've voiced it in other ways to me, you know, like, About looking for that, like somebody who would make a good wife and a good mom and those kind of traits. Right, right, right.
1: You know, some of the rhetoric in guys' circles is wife material, right? Is she wife material? Mm -hmm. And I mean, as derogatory as that may be, like the one role, one size fits all. Sure. We have sort of some hidden rules or some hidden, you know, constructs that probably don't come out verbally for us but we're saying like is she wife material means I mean obviously will she be able to mother children but honestly is it like is she not going to cheat on me is she trustworthy and all that but really how well will she fill the role of the mothering that I need
0: yeah I mean what I'm kind of hearing you say is like is she going to take care of me?
1: Exactly. And I think that's probably a big piece of the stability, at least for sure, that I needed. And I know a lot of my friends, too, is I need someone who is, no kidding, like feed me, take care of me, um, you know, sort of keep me on the right track, um, you know, in a way be my conscience, you know, all of that. Yeah. Which is like a very mothering, nurturing thing, right? We want to be nurtured.
0: Yeah. I mean, that sounds like having an adolescent child, like, <laughs> I, you know, make sure you still eat healthy and like, you know, they have enough independence so you're not feeding them, but it is like, you're trying to remind them to like do the right thing. And
1: how often do you tell me you're going to have to eat some vegetables, buddy?
0: All the time. Still. So
1: is that me forcing you into a mothering role or is that just your intrinsic nature?
0: Well, I think it is my intrinsic nature. I think there's a few things at play that I think about when I, you know, when we talk about this, it's like, I would say that I, I don't know that I went into our marriage thinking I wanted to be your mom, but I do think that it is a role I did take on for the, like you said, 20 years, I think I played your mother.
1: Right.
0: Maybe even longer than that, honestly. And then there are came a weird shift where it was like the environment changed. All of our kids were gone. And all of a sudden it became glaringly obvious to me that I was mothering you.
1: And it became glaringly obvious to me that, I mean, just from an existential standpoint that, you know, God, the universe is telling me I don't need to be mothered anymore because my mom died. Yes. And so I really embraced this idea of like, wait, what does it look like to not be mothered? And I started to put the pieces together of like, oh my God, my wife is mothering me and has been for 20 years in certain ways.
0: Yeah. Yeah. In certain ways. I think it happens really naturally. And I know that it happened. I know I'm not a rarity. I think no. the norm uh for this, uh, you know, phenomenon in marriages mm-hmm. where You might have two people that are like on the same page as far as like work, play, balance, and all these other things, and then you kind of get married, and you might have some nurturing roles towards each other. One person might be more nurturing than another, and then kids come into play if they do, and because plenty of women have that nurturing characteristic without being mothers, it's not a requirement that you're a mother to have that characteristic, but it is a it is a largely feminine characteristic you know right and so what's interesting is that as we had kids it became really normal to mother everybody you know of course you're going to make sure that everybody's plate is set and like their food is out there and so it just became normal then that your place would also be set and i would be thinking about like what to provide you with and packing your lunch and all these other things which kind of morphs then into this role of mothering and there's another phenomenon that happens especially when kids come into the picture and i hear this a lot from my girlfriends was that dad's the fun one dad's the one who plays and mom's the one who like does all the stuff like she's gonna make sure you go to the doctor she's gonna make sure you have dinner she's gonna make sure that you know you are dressed clean clean clothes right whatever that is getting, you know, obviously there are some shifts culturally that are happening with caretaking mm-hmm. in gender roles. But I think in large part, certainly in our generation, that was kind of a, a mothering role. And so what happened is, is like, I just morphed into doing those things for you. Like you didn't do laundry for yourself ever while we were married. You know, like, I'm not really.
1: Right, yeah. And I mean, it took me a long time just to pick my underwear up off of the bedroom floor. Yes. You know, and it, it because that was just, you know, my room that I had as I was coming up or whatever. And, you know, my mom never did those things. She never picked up after me. <laughs> but we did have a cleaning lady at one point that would come by once a week. But basically, you know, my room was a mess. Mm-hmm. And... It came to a point where also, I know this is tangential, but the cleaning lady was not even allowed in my room.
0: Oh, really? Yeah. Because it was such a mess? It was
1: just a mess. Yeah. yeah it was yeah. a total mess. And yeah. now I don't feel as though I'm a messy person, but it was that same thing of, you know, somebody is going to take care of me. Someone is going to take care of this. You know what I'm saying?
0: Yeah. And that, the weird thing is the phenomenon, like I'm talking about of where the dad's viewed as the fun one. Yeah, You know, I remember, you know, having a lot of boys and only one girl, we had this interesting thing where you would take them to do really risky things, motorbiking, skateboarding. Right. And it was always really extreme, right? Like, you know, our kids did some pretty extreme sports and yes. and I remember feeling like, oh my goodness, I'm freaking out. I'm the cautious one. And he's always pushing the boundaries of risk. I'm the one who's like, no, we can't stay out till 12 o'clock at night to go get ice cream. And you're like, no, we can, you know, I mean, this is kind of like get these interesting roles in place right. of you're fun. I'm not fun. And that feels like this mothering thing. Like you're, ha- I'm ha- I was having to mother the whole family, even though you were a grown ass adult. <laughs>
1: right. You had another kid on your hands.
0: Yes. And I- you had
1: four kids in the house rather than just three in the house at that time.
0: Yes. I felt like, why did I just get another kid? Oftentimes. Now I know I have friends that have that a lot more than I ever did because of their husband's demeanor or didn't work or whatever. You weren't like that. So, but I do know that that's a thing, like where women often feel like, I just am taking care of another freaking child. And where men feel like sometimes like I didn't, I, you know, they'll say, I don't want a mom. I don't want you to do those things but then their actions may say something else as well and that is an interesting thing that occurs and really can either last as long or as short as you want it to in your relationship
1: yeah that's super interesting
0: because it happens naturally
1: what what happens
0: the the mothering instinct and like that dynamic that that the
1: roles, yeah. The roles start to shift into okay, wait, what are you doing? What am I doing? And they yeah, and it's like, okay, so at some point I'm taking on all, like the more of the role of a child than I would, you know, a a a dad. Well, I can't say a dad, but
0: a husband. Yeah, especially when you're get married young like we did. And people are not getting married as young. So maybe this is going to shift naturally, yeah. but I mean, proven scientifically that men just mature much slower, you know, you know, they're delayed in their maturity and, you know, their emotional and social maturities. Uh, And so I think because we got married so young, I was 19, you were 21, but really that would mean you were like in that, the maturity, at least as young as me, if not younger than me. Sure. I mean, you had a lot of mature things about you and I had a lot of immature things about me.
1: Well, I would say I had I had a lot of experience with independence, making my own way,
0: That's having true.
1: to fend for myself, having to, you know, feed myself, having to make my own money from the time I was, you know, 12 years old, paying the inside of closets, you know, um, I remember mom took me to a church and she talked to this guy, Steve O'Donnell, you know, and to a, who I'm friends with to this day, who was a painter. And she was like, Hey, do you have anything my kid can do? <laughs> you know, do you have a job he could do all summer busy, yeah. at 12 years old? And that was like the start of my tradesman career,
0: Yeah, you know, and yeah. then
1: to go from there to having not seen my much, mom much at all in probably from 11th grade on, um, and, and, and just having a, a real independence and having to, you know, if I wanted to go out to eat, I had to have my own money to do that kind of thing. You know, and again, I, I wasn't, I don't know that I could, I know that I couldn't say I was neglected. I was not neglected.
0: No, you just had a single mom who was very busy.
1: But I was raised in such a way that was independence was the thing that was an indication of maturity. And it was an indication that you're ready for anything. You can handle anything.
0: Yeah. So you were very independent. You know, your own car, your own business, your own uh, mobile home. When I married you, and motorcycle, my own, and motorcycle. motorcycle. Yeah. And none of those things I had ever done. So you, in a lot of ways, were much farther ahead of me than you know in those areas of independence. But then you, you did strange things, like didn't ever balance your checkbook. No. And when I met you, I was like totally thrown off because you didn't do your laundry really. You didn't like socks, for instance, and even actually most of your clothes, like you didn't really want to wash them, even though you had a washer dryer, you would just go buy new ones. Yeah. I I would
1: throw away dirty socks and buy new ones. Cause I'm like, look, I can buy a bag of, you know, 13 pairs of socks for $10 or $7 back then or whatever it was. Yeah. You know, and it was just, to me, it's like, well, I can go out and work. And this is only the first 20 minutes of my Paycheck. Right. You know, and so I'd add it up and be like, man, it takes me a lot longer than that to do laundry. I might as well throw these out. You know, this, sure. so it's just and what was weird is I had I remember you talking to me about the socks. Mm-hmm. And I remember thinking to myself, I think I need this. This means she cares for me. To think that she would want to do my socks or think that I should do my like I should wash my socks. Right. I felt was like, this is, this is what I need in my life. You know, I'm taking less of this, um, Westernized independent. I mean, come on. The Eagles wrote a song called Desperado (laughs) and Desperado is not really, it's the, it's like the Marlboro Man or Desperado means, you know, like come down off your fences, you've been out, or, you know, whatever. You've been out riding fences for too long, you know, you're a hard one. And, you know, and so all of this stuff.
0: Yeah, come settle down.
1: Come settle down. All of that independence is Mm -hmm. associated with masculinity. Yeah. And so when you're a young man, you're thinking, the most masculine thing I can do is take Mm -hmm. no shit. Yeah. Is to answer to no one. Mm -hmm. Is to run run my game as, you know... However I want, right? It's the essential, like, not only is my house a bachelor pad, but my heart and my mind and my life are a bachelor pad, right? Yes. It's not until a young man begins to get a clue or decides that that bachelor pad, that messy, um, uh, out of control, um, you know, I'm having the pizza guy serve me because I need to be served, you know? (laughs) Like, I want, you know, all of these things. Like, until that young man associates that less with masculinity and more with extending his childhood. Wow. There's no... He's just not really ready to enter into a relationship. But what's weird is you, as as a young man, then you enter into... A relationship thinking, I need a mom. So the childhood extends either way. Yeah, I
0: was going to say, like, not ready. I don't know. I think you just do it. And then you do grow up because you realize, like, at some point, especially when you have kids, you realize, oh, wait, this is the trait of it. This is the characteristic of a child. Yes. Which you weren't able to see really maybe before. Right. Yeah. So I think the thing about it, though, because it seems to cause a lot of problems in marriages. What's that? The mothering role yeah. of, of the husband. And or the child, child's.
1: like, t- I'm going to be, you yeah. have another child on your hands.
0: Yeah. And what it does, I think, fundamentally, is it says that, like, you need to play this role of caretaker, wife, yeah. like you, you, woman, you play caretaker or whoever your partner is, and I'm going to then be the person that doesn't have to caretake which I remember being Mm. so frustrated. It's like I was like, why am I doing, and this is a common thing, why am I doing everything related to the house, except maybe the maintenance of it, everything related to the care of the children, and I'm still working. Why am I doing all of those things? And then your contribution is that you're working and maybe maintaining the house. But for some reason, all the other things are coming to me because the role of caretaker is expected of me. And then you get to be the role of the fun guy, the the play the the player role, sure. like the not player like sexually, but like you get to be the entertainment. Or you know, they say like as humans, we need we need both the stability and uh, predictability sure. and
1: structure structure.
0: But we also need variation, discovery, um, disco- yeah, play. Yeah. So we get stuck in these roles. My mom
1: always called that. You know, work hard, play hard. Right. And if you're working
0: too hard, you need to go play. And if you're playing too hard, you your have to work. Right. But in a relationship, we have watched it and we experienced it where it's like, I felt like I was the work hard. Those
1: are roles in a relationship. Yes. I
0: was the caretaker and you were the, you know, fun one. Fun one. And we had that fight a few different times. Oh my God. You're like, why do I always have to be? yeah why do i have to be the disciplinarian right like you assume these roles Mm -hmm. and that can be really detrimental when those roles don't ever change like when when you want them to change but they don't change for us i think we did end up making the transition i know we did but the transition came when those external circumstances changed to where we both went i don't need to be mothering you you're a grown-ass adult you don't want to be mothered that which has shifted we both Something about us shifted where we had to then question the role that we were each playing.
1: Right, and I would say that, especially nowadays. I mean, in the culture that we're living in, because I mean, we had we had both come into that our marriage with all of these cultural, familial constructs yeah. that we moralized all the time. Yes. You know, whether it's a masculine role of the breadwinner or the nurturing role of the, you know, we have all of these things that we're dealing with that are, you know, right and wrong. And now those roles, and and we have proven our relationship, even under those constructs over the last 28 years, we have proven that roles really are dynamic. Yes. And they're negotiable, really.
0: Yes. And I love that. I do too that they are negotiable but we get caught in them when we're rigid yeah and yeah, like we refuse to kind of budge on them or we won't recognize that they're roles and we actually make them a personal character like a personal trait uh-huh. so for instance i think we didn't actually have the tools to look at what we were doing mm-hmm. and say that's just a role charity's playing that isn't charity charity isn't caretaker charity's playing the role of caretaker yeah Chris isn't fun. That's just his nature. And that's the only thing. Like charity can't be fun because Chris is taking up the fun role. But that's what ends up happening because we then can't see that they're they're just roles we're all playing. Instead of that's a thing that needs to exist within a family. You need to have somebody who's... You need to have fun in there. Yeah. You need to have structure in there you need to have somebody who's gonna nurture in there you need to have somebody who's gonna plan ahead but you also need the person who's gonna like let everybody stay up and do all those other kind of things you need all those of course yeah and what ends up happening and what we saw sometimes that we would fight about but we've seen a lot with friends is that as a woman when i felt like i was being pushed into the caretaker role it was because I didn't see you fulfilling that role. There was like a vacuum yeah, created, a hole created where it was like, well, I guess I'm gonna step into this role because no one's doing that. I guess I'm gonna clean the house because nobody's nobody else is doing that. So I guess that's me. That one's on me. Like mm-hmm. that, you know, and you kind of do that in relationships. You and take I remember, on.
1: I remember. It's just to be fair, I do remember when different at different gestations of our marriage, when you, when your career needed attention. Yes. That role shifted. Yes. And I kept saying to you, like, I didn't realize that I was going to be a stay-at-home dad.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Remember those? We had, we had those things kind of going back and forth. To your point, there was this vacuum of the role that we need. We knew we needed.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: It's like, look, the kids need
0: Somebody to be there. Experiences,
1: and, yeah. and they need you know they don't just need dinner, right? <laughs> like they need they need all of this life experience and these things that you can go do and all these other things, and but they do need the stability of like who's going to make some money here so that we can buy whatever motocross bike or yeah, you know, yeah. or art set for Lil or you know whatever it is. And I think that that's that was a really interesting thing to to look back on, and that's what I've been doing, is just looking back on it. you know how how am I now seeing my relationship after 28 years, you know?
0: Yeah, so we filled those roles and it was like, well, you know, you were playing this, you know, kind of the the fun dad role most most of the time. Or just, you know, I mean, you were lots of other things, but I'm just, I'm trying to be really simplistic. And, you know, it's obviously more complex, but you were playing the fun dad role. I was playing like the the dutiful mom role. Mm -hmm. And what ends up happening is, I'm saying, why do I have to be the dutiful one? Why am I the one responsible for all this? (laughs) And I'm getting more and more upset about it. And then you would just like press in. It seemed like you would press into that even more. It's like you almost like...
1: I would get more playful or what? What do you mean? I don't
0: know. Well, I think it's they're, they're interdependent. Right.
1: Okay, go. What do you mean?
0: The relationship is interdependent. Of course. Of course it is. The reason I'm having to take on more dutiful roles is because you aren't taking them on. The reason you're having to play more is because I'm not playing. Right. The re- you know, like <laughs> they one, perpetuate. They're I'm a sorry. causation thing. Yeah. You start with kind of some things, but you're even those roles you're stepping into because you're seeing like the vacuum, like no one's doing that. Yeah. Um Because In all honesty, I would have wanted to play a more fun role. Yeah, And you would have probably been fine taking on more responsibility. But because we didn't understand that those were just roles that that could actually be divvied up and like, hey, how about you do some play and I do some duty and those kind of things, our natural pull and our like disdain that the other person wasn't doing our thing and we felt trapped in the role we were in, Would then pull like it was a cause and effect. Like, I'm gonna act more, I'm gonna have to pick up more of this slack because you're just playing more, and then you're like, I'm gonna have to play more because you're a stinking, uh, you know, like <laughs> shriveled up, boring person. I would
1: never use the word stinking, shriveled, or boring for you, but you know, I know exactly what you're saying. It felt it, like that. The, it feels like the more boring you get, the more playful I need to be. Yes. the more playful you get, the more structured and what you would call boring, right? the more stability I have to offer. So the two just continue to generate the role and make that role even more rigid.
0: Yeah, and it happens over time because it's like, mm-hmm. okay, for instance, you did a really good job taking care of yourself and then we got married and you had somebody else that could do some of those things. Mm-hmm. So you didn't have to worry about like feeding yourself or going to the grocery store or even going to buy the socks. You didn't have to think about it, that anymore because like all of a sudden there was somebody else that was kind of willing to do that. And then that person- You're saying
1: this with a twinge of resentment. Oh
0: yeah. (laughs) Are you? But-
1: Okay, we need to heal after this.
0: No, what I'm saying is like you did, then what ends up happening is you kind of, well, for instance, I, before we were married, felt totally, you know, comfortable in my own skin to go have fun and like, and know when to entertain, myself and have all those things and And like how to
1: entertain yourself yeah i wasn't
0: all all duty yeah but then what ends up happening is like well then you took on that role so i really didn't need to be that person it was kind of like somebody did that in the family somebody had that role in the family so i guess i'm gonna just focus on what i have capacity for and Mm -hmm. right now it's everything i got just to fulfill the duties just like it was everything you had to fulfill your duties, and we're not seeing like that. These are just roles being filled.
1: Wow, that's so. The reason why um, I am so interested in how the the role vacuum mm-hmm. perpetuates the other person's role, yeah, is because it's. And I'll just say this, um, and then I'll try to explain it. It's because when you play that rigid role, you have the threat of robbing that role from the other person. So, for instance, we've also had this struggle of like, one of us is going super fast. One of us is cruising along business go, start the business, start this, do that, go, go, go. And then the other person takes on this role of caution. Wait, 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 time, like slow down. You know, that's where a guy like me needs a mom, you know, like, come on, mom, what should I do? And what happens in those lanes is like the faster you go, the more cautious I want to be, or the faster I go, the more cautious you want to be. And what happens is I think, especially as people get older in a relationship, they go, you know what? I don't want to play that role anymore. I am so tired of being the cautious person. And that's what you were doing, especially, I mean, there was a lot of our marriage where you were like, I'm not going to be the bad guy. Yeah. I'm done playing this role. And we, what we didn't have was the tool to say, oh, that is just a role. And not only, did, not only that, I just didn't see the fact that I was robbing you of opportunities or even like maybe seasons of you discovering how funny and playful and, you know, how smart you are in that way.
0: Yeah. And, and I
1: think that's really interesting. Let me just finish this because yeah. like, as we get older, you know, you, you, you have the one who's running really hard, right? And then the one who's cautious. And like the danger for us would be, okay, Charity, you're going to keep on running going you keep on running you know, and so I'm like, oh, I want to be cautious. I'm gonna be cautious." And so at one point, I go, "You know what? I know I have a runner in me. I know I have an entrepreneur in me, but this relationship has got me so stuck in pigeonholed pigeonholed in a cautious role that I literally cannot explore that part of my personality. Wow. And that's the hard part with people who don't understand roles. Mm-hmm. And they think, oh, My character, the very essence of who I am is just, you know, Debbie Downer. Yeah. And you go, no, 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 no. It's just a role, dude.
0: Yeah. I felt like I was the Debbie Downer. And I'm like, wait, I know I'm not this person. I was super fun before. Like, what happened to me? And it's because of what you're saying. Like, when one person soaks up all of that role, Mm -hmm. when they consume all of that role or consider it all their responsibility. The other person is robbed of the ability to see and own their authentic complex self. Like what's interesting about it is like, I could see that I had those components that I was really longing and missing. I was longing for them and missing them in, in, in life. like, in, I okay, wanted yeah. to be able to play. Like, I remember, you know, I've talked to so many of my girlfriends and they say things like, I don't have any hobbies. Yeah. I don't have anything that I do. I'm just working and making sure everything's running smoothly. I mean, that is what I do. Can you count laundry as a hobby? You know, like these kind of things. <laughs> Whereas men, you talk to men and they have a bazillion hobbies. Go on a snow like, machine
1: and on a softball yeah, team. Mean, just, just started a hockey team. Yeah.
0: And you look at it and you're like, okay, well, when one person kind of takes on that persona, and takes up all the room for play in the structure of the family. Wow. It does rob the other person of being able to have a playful side. Wow. Because they're accommodating for, well, we already, that role's already filled. We're going to have to fill a different role.
1: It's overcompensating, right? Yeah.
0: And like, For instance you are a wonderful nurturing caring father yeah but honestly i was so consumed with like that being my identity and that being who i was that like there was no way in hell i was going to give you any of that role man even if you would have really wanted it because i was like in theory maybe in voice i would have expressed that but in in actuality Mm. i don't know and even These things become, if you don't recognize them as a role and you personify them, Hmm. you take them on as your identity, which I did, I totally did. I viewed my identity as like the house cleaner. I also worked, but it was like the caretaker of the children. It was much more than a task or an activity. It was an identity. So I even remember you saying, let's hire a housekeeper. And it was as if you would have said to me, You're you're totally failing at who you are as a mother and wife, and I'm. That is such a ridiculous notion. But I have to be honest that that's I had so personified those things. The role, the the role that I viewed them as myself, they became one and of myself. And I think what happens with this is we can, if we sit back and think about it, we don't recognize what's happening. So all we feel is a longing or a resentment that the other, that, that it's not happening for you, that you don't get to have the fun. And somehow you resent that the other person gets to do that. And you go, well, I'm a complex person. I should be able to do all these things. I should have fun in my life and variety and stability. I can do all of these things. And yet we look at the other person and we say, he, He's just simple. Like that's the role he plays. We don't recognize that he also is longing Mm. for all of the other things. I'm smart enough and
1: complex enough and emotionally aware enough to be able to fill more than just this one role that we've gotten so rigidly
0: attached to. Not even that you're, yes, that you're capable but that you actually also long for those yes that we're all the most satisfied when we're fulfilling all the complex roles within our own lives and identities that we need to have instead of being pigeonholed into these like well this is what you do and this is what i do and now that's who we've become man
1: i remember speaking of sort of roles becoming your identity yeah and I've said this before, but I do remember one time coming home. You were raising kids. And I don't want to betray your privacy here. <laughs> and we can try to figure out how to unpack this. But I do remember walking up the stairs, coming into the kitchen. You were on your knees crying. Hmm. And you were so frustrated with being home all day long and the kids were getting to that point where they were you know they were tying their shoes and they were you know they were doing these kinds of things where it was like you just felt you felt like you you were I don't know I don't know that I can say that you felt like you were in the wrong role but you were looking for more (laughs) you were
0: You know what I mean? Which is crazy because I don't remember that scenario, but it's crazy because you think about it and you're like, I wasn't during those times. I was working.
1: Yes. And you were.
0: But only part time.
1: And you, I know, I'm sorry to interrupt, but I have to, I have to sort of tee this up for you because I know that you said to me, I was not created to be a stay at home
0: mom. Yes, I can't even count how many times I said that to you. There was one year of our children being little that I actually stayed home full time and I still, I think, worked from home or something. But I just couldn't stand that. But I have other friends that love that. But I wanted more and different things than just doing that. And what I resented was like, even that at any point I would be pigeonholed into that which I didn't feel represented who I was.
1: And I kept on because I saw this in you. I always saw your potential. I saw your, you know, your ingenuity, your work ethic, your ability. Well, you just
0: of, saw my desire too. Like, and you your know, desire.
1: Yeah. And my, and what I did was I was, I would, it would synthesize all the way down and baby, you have to be yourself. Yeah. You have to be how God created you. Right. And, what happened is you were dealing with this sort of like feeling of like, I'm not being myself. Like there's this inauthenticity or this dishonesty with like my truest, deepest self.
0: Yes. Right? But then I was also dealing with the construct of like, but I think my identity is this quintessential mother who's staying right. at home and doing all of these things.
1: Because that is good. That is the role. That that
0: was the more, yeah, it had a moral components and
1: so we were dealing and that's the thing I, I guess what I'm getting at today is that we were dealing with so much of those roles right that as we were coming up were definitely moralized they said way more about your character than they did about what was needed within an interdependent family you know and just yes. behaviors that that I know that I'm capable of Mm-hmm. And that I would probably really enjoy, whether that's nurture or play or intellect or, you know, what, mm-hmm. whatever those things are. I know that I'm a complex enough person to be able to to fill those roles. But yet, you know, there's this uh, there's this sort of stringent, rigid right and wrong. I remember I used to tell people I sew.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're a great it was seamster. Like, Is it seamster? Yeah.
1: See, uh, Taylor? Taylor. Okay. And, you know, I mean, one of my dreams, I would love to be able to make my daughter a wedding dress. I mean, that would be just right, unbelievable. Yes. Right? And that's so much more of a feminine role in Western culture than it is the masculine
0: role. Which is crazy. Right. Yeah.
1: And you're super good at going out and making a ton of money and starting businesses and, you know, having a, a lot of being used to, a, you know, um, having a lot of power and knowing when to take and give power and stuff like that, which is such a masculine role.
0: In our society. In our society. Yeah.
1: And I just love the fact that, you know, we're living in this world now where those things are negotiable and they're def- definitely dynamic. But I think back to this idea of you mothering me.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, we've come a long way. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, our roles have shifted.
1: Our roles have shifted. And I feel like I started out needing, in a way, to fear you
0: why do you think that is
1: because i think it was the the most motivating emotion that i could even muster as a kid
0: wow so it was more, it was like that you know you just know you kind of need you want to settle down you know you need the you know the structure and yeah you just you you fulfill what that person is kind of setting life up for.
1: Yeah. And I think that, um, yeah, it's just hard because there's so much of me that wants to apologize to you for that, putting you in that space of being a person who's like, I want to be close to you. I don't want you to fear me, you know? And it's just, I think it's, it's really, um, it's really unfortunate, right, that um, I, I I walked into marriage um, so childish.
0: Well, I did too. I <laughs> mean, we both, it's not like you did this and I wasn't a part of that. I mean, mm-hmm. I think I took on those things and I had really ridiculous notions of self-righteousness. And, oh,
1: you know, if I can do so this and,
0: you know, and... Honestly, I'm a control freak Mm -hmm. by nature. So the fact that you wanted to give me control, I mean, I was all about it. Like, let me just take that control then. And then you get that unhealthy, like dynamic of like, and then, you know, you're saying, why are you controlling me? And I'm saying, why do I have to control you? You should be able to control yourself. This kind of like weird thing. Not, Not that you were like this out of control person, but it's a part of that interdependent, I know. Reaction to each other, the role you're playing, and what your, what our own personal desires and things we feel like we need, how they cause another person to act, have to act within the relationship in a certain way. And
1: that's the thing that I, you know, get a little choked up about is to think that, or I guess to recognize my role. <laughs> my responsibility hmm. in creating in you a person that needed to be feared in a way
0: yeah and i i, and I know you don't
1: see that yeah. but what i'm saying is my role perpetuated the fact that you were like i've got to be the disciplinarian i've got to be the you know the stability lady i've got to be kind of scary Hmm. And I think that that probably robbed a few good years
0: out of your life. Wow. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think it's just the way it is. Yeah. I think it's just life. And I wish
1: we would have understood roles better.
0: One of the things that happened when we were, you know, coming up and having, we had little kids. Yeah. And it was like. You know, it was everything I, you know, I joke with our daughters now, our daughter-in-laws and our mm. daughter that like, they'll ask me about a normal thing, raising kids. Like when did so-and-so walk or what's a normal time that somebody would teeth? And I'm like, damned if I know, I don't remember any of that shit because <laughs> honestly, I was so exhausted Yeah. that I don't, it's like that It was all a blur. And so what you're doing in that caretaker role is like, you're at capacity, especially if you're taking, we need each other because if you're not each fulfilling certain areas of that role that's needed to be fulfilled, one person takes on all the role and it's a lot to bear. And so I would feel like totally at capacity. And then what's an interesting thing about this is like, then we would go to bed and you would be like, I want to have sex. And I would be like, Oh my god! like i that's an like wait a second. I'm not viewing that as a uh like Roman- it like it it was in the category like it's something I have to take care of for the children like that's a task mm. at the end of the day that I'm already at capacity for. It's kind of like uh you used to say to me. About the leak, you know, a faucet would be leaking or something needed to be fixed on the house, which was perpetual because we were always remodeling houses. I mean, I felt so bad for you. in (laughs) Because you would work all day construction, running your business, and then you would come home to a house that needed a bunch of stuff done.
1: And you needed me for that role.
0: Yes. I was dependent on you for that role. Yes. Just like you were dependent on me for sex. Yes. And what what happens is when one person is like feeling at capacity because you used to say to me like i do this all freaking day there's no way i can fix that faucet right now i just don't have it in me to do and i think that that happens with women about sex when they're raising little kids is it's like wait you're asking me to like nurture you in this area and the reality is is this is not a release for me this is just another dependent person needing my body, needing my time, needing my sleep, needing my energy. And and so then the husband wonders why the wife isn't wanting to do this. And it's because it's the same thing as you saying like, if I have to fix one more thing before I sleep, I'm gonna freaking go crazy. It's the same concept. But we don't understand that it's just because, it's not because she doesn't love you, she doesn't want to, she doesn't, it's because, At capacity, that role of nurture, care, provide for in those areas, uh, we're already exhausted for the day.
1: I mean, obviously, men and women, this is a stereotype, Sure, men and women view sex differently. Absolutely. They have sex for different reasons. Yeah. And it's so interesting. To think, okay, if I don't fix the faucet, it's the exact same thing as you saying, sorry, too tired to have sex tonight. Yes. Which goes crazy in my mind because I'm thinking to myself, okay, if we had the tool to understand mm-hmm. role dynamics, what I could have done is I could have taken on more of the roles of empathy and nurture caretaking. and caretaking and those kind of things so that you had more to give in this area over here which i would call uh, well sex
0: well you i mean well the thing you, we used to joke about this it was like hey you want to get laid go do the dishes
1: and guys say it all the time. My wife started taking off her shirt as soon as I put the, you know, the baseboard on and started painting. It's not a
0: mystery. The reason that is, is because you just relieved some of the pressure I was feeling. Mm. And now I have capacity. I have room. I have more capacity. I have room for you in that area now because it's like you relieved something for me. Wow. And, but that's because we consider it a role. If you just look at it as as a role and you say like, how can we share... This so that neither one of us are pigeonholed, right? I mean, I love that thought of like if we would have had the tools, we could have sat down and say, "said I'm tired of playing the really like kind of disciplinarian, like naysayer role." Right. I want to switch it up a little bit. I want you to like help me not have to do that as much right now, which means you need to do a part of that because it still has to be fulfilled,
1: right? Yeah, because just to bring you know, to bring balance in the home and to bring sort of, I I don't know, what would you call it? Equity or whatever in the relationship. Like, you know, it's, it's only fair or whatever to be able to look at roles and say, okay, look, I, I I can pick up, I can play that role. Mm -hmm. I I know that I'm a dynamic and, you know, smart enough and, you know, self-aware enough person to be able to play some roles that, you, that you're no longer willing or able or the roles have shifted, right? Like the, the dynamics of the relationship and the culture and our kids have moved out. All these, the roles are not static.
0: Yes. And they can't be or it's a relationship killer because you grow and you change and your circumstances grow and change.
1: Which is why I love the idea of like playing the role.
0: Yes. You're just playing a role. I really love this. Yeah. And we got this from Esther Perel, who's just oh. phenomenal. But we were really like, wow, if we would have had those tools, mm-hmm. that would have been a game changer yeah, for us. Absolutely. And I think it can be a game changer for people now. Absolutely. To say, listen, if I'm, you know, going back to my, you know, 15 year ago self, yes. if I was going to be able to say, hey, listen, I want to reclaim some of my youthfulness and my playfulness how can you help me do that? What can you relinquish of that part of our family's lives that I can take on and you take on kind of the more um, stable, predictable side in this area so that I can take on something and we can share those roles more effectively. And then they become not a personalized identity of any one person we can't then use them to fight with each other or villainize each other like you always get to do this and i always have to do this yeah you get rid of some of that when you
1: have really shared roles so interesting i know that the times i've been out of work or not have a, a, a job or running a business the overwhelming sense of Guilt, the overwhelming sense of doing wrong is present or has been present. And it's so Hmm. much because of the role that I, I self-inflict, right? The role that I, the
0: provider role.
1: Yeah. The Hmm. breadwinner, the provider, all of that, that role, which, which so much of that is so good. So much of that is so core. To just humanity, but especially, I think, men.
0: The provider role. The provider
1: sure. and like, man, you have a contribution and all it that. It doesn't
0: mean you have to be the only provider and or it even the mean, primary and provider. And it
1: doesn't mean that just money is the thing you provide. Yes. Which was so, it took me so long to get comfortable with that idea. Yeah. That the dynamic shift between who is the breadwinner in our, in our home has been like ping pong. It
0: totally
1: And is. it's been so, it's just... It, I think that gives us this sort of credibility to be able to even speak on the subject because we've been dealing with this. Yes. And I guess it would, if I were to give someone a tool, like as we sort of synthesize this, I the first thing I would tell a young couple is to not moralize the roles.
0: I love that.
1: That you will be forced to play. If you want to make this thing great. Yeah. If you want it to be, you know, balanced and you want it to, you know, you want to raise your kids right and you don't want to, you know, stomp all over your wife's heart. Be really careful with how you moralize those roles.
0: Yeah, they're not good or bad, they're neutral. Yeah. They're just a they're, they're just a job. Yep. Think of them as individual jobs that, that don't do. belong to any one person. Yes. They're just tasks within the family yes, structure. I love that. Yeah. Really helpful.
1: Yeah. And I would also say, you know, check why you fear your wife. (laughs) Ask yourself, do I fear her? Mm. And if I do, why?
0: Yeah. What do they do with that once they come? Like, let's say they do have that revelation.
1: I think they probably want to be mothered. And it's a maturity thing. Mm.
0: I think the last thing I would say <clears throat> in summary is just that the thing that stuck out to me the most was how much, I and I don't think we recognize this, how much it was causational. Like it was causal. Like how much my actions mm. created your actions and your actions created my actions. Yeah. And the only way, to stop that push pull mm. like i i'm, I'm going to act more playful because you're being too rigid. rigid or i'm going to have to take on and be more rigid because you're being too playful and risky yeah i'm going to have to be more protective because i feel like you're risky the only way to stop that madness is to go why are you what do, what are you feeling risky about why mm. do you feel like you have to Protect that, Hmm. having those real conversations, and then saying, like, maybe we need to rethink the roles we're playing and see them for what they are as interdependent. And the only way to stop that interdependent cycle is to, or to shift it to a better approach, is to realize, like, oh, that means I have to change what I'm doing. I can't take up all the space for that role. You have to change what you're doing. And, I love that and we'll have more balance, and we will feel like more authentic people who are in a relationship as our whole selves.
1: Yes, exploring our whole selves and getting to know you know more aspects of our own personality and not just being yeah pigeonholed into one
0: role. and I believe that that will create mm-hmm. such a better outcome. and yeah. you know, if our children were still watching when we were little. How much better will they be if they see a family of complex, Mm. multidimensional parents who don't feel resentment about being pigeonholed into a certain area, but that they can be fully expressive of every part of who they are. Right. How, How much better will that be? And how much better will that prepare them to go into a relationship going, I don't have to, like, we can decide who plays that role. I love
1: it. And yeah, I think it sounds like in language, you know, in actual language, it sounds like maybe I come to you one day and say, hey, you know, I think I'm kind of tired of playing the cautious role. Yeah. What would that look like if we if we switch that dynamic, mm-hmm. you know, and there's no moral judgment on anybody's part. It's yeah. just this role that I'm like, I think it needs to switch over. Yeah. Or maybe I come to you and say, hey, if I were to play the sort of fun guy role, mm-hmm. I'm thinking this, or you know, what I mean, I think that it just takes it, it takes it to a non-threatening,
0: yeah, dimension or level. Yeah, and you don't even have to become all of that, right? You could just say, "Hey, I want to, I want to be more playful." Yeah, and so how about I plan a bunch of things and you? pick up the slack on making sure we've got everything taken care of at the house so that I can play that role. I love it. At, at this event or like do this thing with for our family. Those are simple ways you can allow for the other person to have that full self. Um like I remember our friends, you know, it was like I it always just pissed me off to no end when I would hear dad say, "Well, I'm going to be babysitting." And you're like, wait who would say this you know when friends would say about their own kids when guys would have to stay home with their kids and they would say things like i'm gonna be babysitting and i'm like do you have any idea how that sounds because if i was to say i'm gonna stay home and be babysitting my own children Mm. it would be so offensive right like you don't babysit your own children right i got you
1: like i should be doing something else
0: Well, like it's somebody else's kids. Like it's like this, you know, like it's not your responsibility because you're somehow this is a different kind of job than a normal caretaker parent role. And so I would hear this and I'd be like, that's not babysitting, dude. They're your kids. You're being a parent. That's what they call (laughs) parenting. And, but it's, they weren't saying that to be mean or like, it was totally unintentional. Sure. Subconscious but it was subconsciously saying, I don't really view this as my role. This is mm. something I'm just kind of doing. And so even simple things like that, like, oh, change let's, that language. let's change the language a little bit. And, yeah. but I remember when that would happen, wives would say things like, it's really good for him to have to be home with the kids because all of a sudden he has a newfound appreciation about how important naps are. Right. Or.
1: sees what I've gone through all
0: Yeah, like sees the load
1: that I take on. You know, he thinks I sit around and do nothing.
0: Right, right. Or he used to scorn the fact that like we really did need to lay the kids down. We we shouldn't keep taking them out all day, and he didn't value that. And then all of a sudden, after spending two days with them at home and them, you know, having nap, not having a nap, he's all of a sudden a believer in the structure and the you know, right. Those kind of things because it's important. Sure, you have to. Your kids have to see that both parties. Or all parties in the, in the family have, have roles, but they're not distinct only to one person.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think that that is, I think it's a beautiful picture. I think it will cause the relationship, like it's causing our relationship to even be deeper, more dynamic, and us less threatening to each other. Yes. And us less resentful of each other. And us exploring like, wait, you know, what if the role shifted here? Yeah. What if I say, you know what, I'm done with this one. Mm-hmm. How about, how good would you be at this role? Let's let's see what it looks like for you to pick this part up for a while.
0: Yeah, and you'll surprise each other. I remember yes. when we would do things like that and we would every once in a while kind of shift, shift roles. And then mm-hmm. all of a sudden you we are like, wait, you're better at that than I am. Like, I, I thought that I was the one to do that because I liked it better or because I was good at it, but it turns out you're just as good at it and you can, you know, all of those kind of things are like a surprise. And sometimes I feel like we don't actually let control of roles because let go of control of of the roles is because we're afraid that the other person might be good at it and it would rob us of our identity. We have to check that. Like, was there a reason I'm not letting go of control of this area? Is there a reason I'm insistent on filling this entire role? It's because if I noticed that the other person was really good at it, will there be such a need for me? Wow. I think women deal with that a lot. It's a threat. threat. Women deal with that a lot. Like if my kids really love their dad caring for them, Mm -hmm. am I not needed any longer? But that's not the reality of what's happening. Because your role need, is not your identity. They need everybody. Yeah. They need everybody to be doing that. Um, and it doesn't say anything but about your insecurity if we're afraid to let go of things because we're worried that the other person is going to be just simply better <laughs> at it. Or just right. needed at it, honestly. Yeah. yeah, I feel like you know sometimes we think, I don't want them to be needed. Well, my life is over. Because then I won't be as needed. Right. Which is such a fallacy. Mm -hmm. Like, surely there's just an abundance instead of this scarcity mindset of like, we only have so much.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah. Really helpful.
1: Yeah, super helpful. Yeah, this whole idea of roles and, um, you know, the, the, uh, the start of this conversation, me exploring the idea of like, why did you play the mother role in my life for so long? It's just fascinating. It is. Yeah. Love you. Love you.
0: Wait, babe, babe, wait.
1: How do we end this?
0: By saying thank you.
1: Okay. You guys are awesome. Thank you. There's nothing more encouraging than you hitting that like button and commenting.
0: And don't forget to subscribe.
1: And I know there's more. You have a list. Might as well go down the list.
0: Right. Okay. Watch the video of this podcast on our beautiful step YouTube channel or on our website where you can actually download transcripts and show notes of the episode. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Instagram.
1: If today's episode made your together even better, tell someone.
0: Okay. Now. Right now. Today. Okay. You can take one step.
1: It's just one step
0: toward the beautiful relationship you want in your life. You got this.